0: This is a news update on University of Portsmouth research, brought to you by Life Solved. I'm with Dr. Daniel Whalen from the University of Portsmouth Institute of Cosmology and Gravitation. And Dan has just released a new paper which has made quite a major discovery about quasars. Dan, before we sort of launch into the detail of the research, please could you actually explain to me what a quasar is?
1: Well, a quasar is a supermassive black hole at the center of a galaxy that is actively accreting gas or swallowing up or vacuuming up gas from the center of the galaxy. And when it's actively accreting gas, it's very bright because the gas becomes very hot and very bright as it falls into the black hole. And we can see it at great distances across the visible universe.
0: Okay, and I believe this, the new research that's just been published in Nature has made quite a significant discovery that's overturned previous thinking on quasars. Please, can you tell me a bit more about what you found?
1: Well, we know that at the centers of most massive galaxies today, there is a supermassive black hole. But the universe today is 13.8 billion years old. And those black holes have had a long time to grow to those masses. They often are more than a billion times the mass of the sun. But starting in 2003, astronomers began to find quasars above Redshift 6. And Redshift 6 means less than a billion years after the Big Bang. And that sent shockwaves through the community because it was not understood how a billion solar mass black hole could form less than a billion years after the Big Bang. Since 2003, over 200 quasars, or actively accreting supermassive black holes, have now been found above redshift six, including nine above redshift seven, which corresponds to 690 million years after the big bang, even less time. And so for 20 years, astrophysicists have thought that most likely these first quasars in the universe had to be born in very special environments. And they had to be quite massive already at birth. So normal primordial stars, when they collapse, they can form black holes that are a few dozen solar masses to a few hundred solar masses. But under very special circumstances, which are quite difficult to achieve, it was possible for primordial stars to form with masses of a hundred thousand solar masses. And instead of exploding, those stars collapsed to form very very massive black holes at birth and it's believed that those were the seeds of the first quasars in the universe the difficulty with that picture is that quasars in the first billion years of the universe are pretty rare only about one of them per billion cubic light years of space have been found so far And it's because to grow those black holes, they have to be born in very special gas clouds that are being rapidly fed by strong gas, gas flows, gas streams. And it's difficult to get exactly the right conditions for supermassive stars to form in these very, very, very rare primordial gas clouds. And... For a long time, it was not understood how that could have happened. And what our paper showed was that these gas clouds at birth were so turbulent that they prevented normal primordial star formation until they reached masses of about 10 million times the mass of the sun, the gas clouds did, at which point gravity overcame the turbulence in the cloud and caused gas to crash to its center at very high rates and build up supermassive primordial stars. And this was important because all of the primordial clouds capable of making it a primordial quasar had to be fed by these very turbulent flows. And what we found, in effect, was the very rare reservoirs of gas capable of making a supermassive black hole in such short times created their own massive black hole seeds without any need for exotic circumstances, as had been thought for the last 20 years.
0: Wow, so this has overturned some pretty major thinking. Dan, I know you've mentioned that the, the quasars are these kind of extremely bright, they're an extremely bright nucleus of an active galaxy. So even though they're so luminous, you mentioned they're quite difficult to see or find. Is that the case?
1: They're not difficult to see, but there aren't many of them. So you have to sift through large areas of the sky to find them. But we do that now.
0: So how did you actually make this discovery, this huge discovery that's overturned this thinking?
1: Well, we had suspected for about 10 years that the very special reservoirs of gas that could actually grow a supermassive black hole before the universe was a billion years old had to be very chaotic and very turbulent. And the way normal primordial star formation was thought to be suppressed to get supermassive stars was if you had like a nearby cluster of stars with strong ultraviolet radiation that bathed the cloud and prevented a normal star from forming or something, some other very exotic effect like supersonic motions, relative motions between gas and dark matter, dark matter being the major constituent of these early gas clouds. And one of those two processes had been thought for 20 years to be the origin of primordial stars, but we realize that if these reservoirs of gas were growing very quickly at very early times they had to be very turbulent and turbulence could also prevent normal primordial stars from forming until the halo just became so massive that gravity just overcame turbulence and caused that gas to come crashing down to the center of the galaxy and form supermassive stars the difficulty in demonstrating that came from the fact that these reservoirs are so rare. So if you want to follow this process in a supercomputer simulation, you have to have a simulation box, a three-dimensional box, that's at least 100 million light years on the side to have any hope of capturing one of these rare reservoirs of gas. In a box that size, it's hard to zoom in and zoom in like a microscope down into processes that occurred deep in that cloud, which is where these supermassive stars were forming. But improvements in code capabilities and computers just happened in the last couple of years that enabled us to do this. So although we suspected that this would be true for a long time, we didn't have the technology to verify it until just in the last year or two.
0: And Dan, I know you're the lead author of the study, but have you worked with numerous other institutions on the
1: research? We have colleagues who are working at the United Emirates University in UAE and also in Canada, and then another institution here in the UK at Exeter University.
0: The supercomputer you mentioned, so is that based somewhere? Is that based in Portsmouth or elsewhere?
1: Yes, so we do have a supercomputer here at ICG, but these simulations were actually performed at a computing cluster at UAEU, so in the United Arab Emirates.
0: What does this particular study now mean for further research into the early universe?
1: Well, it solves two important puzzles. One is how the first quasars were born, but also it explains their numbers. Because studies of the formation of supermassive primordial stars, you know, due to ultraviolet backgrounds or other exotic environments, overpredict the number of these massive black hole seeds by... It can be many orders of magnitude and because these reservoirs can form their own massive seeds not only did we explain how these quasars were born we now understand their demographics or in other words their numbers a billion years after the big bang because their numbers are not tied to how the seeds form it was directly related to How many of these rare gas reservoirs resided within a cubic billion light years of space at those times? That number in our supercomputer simulations is a very good match to the number we observe in large scale surveys. And so we think we now understand not just how they were born, but their numbers at high redshift or at early times in the universe.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Dan. Thank you very much for first of all, explaining exactly what a quasar is but also for talking me through your research and explaining how these quasars form so early in cosmic history. It's really fascinating. So thank you for talking to me. To find out more about news, events and research from the University of Portsmouth, go to port.ac.uk or follow us at Portsmouth Uni on Twitter and Instagram.